Welcome to the dark stream, Voxday, voxday.blogspot.com, and of course, Dark Legion Comics. So, there's a lot of suppression that's taking place in a wide variety of industries. It's taking place in the payment processors, it's taking place at Amazon, it's taking place in comics, all over the place. And so the thing you have to do when you are to the right of you know, the, the squishy conservative George Bush, Jeb Bush sorts is that you have to accept the fact that you're going to come under attack from the left. It doesn't matter if you're a squeaky clean judge who's been cleared by six FBI investigations and you know you're you've been through various confirmations and you're sitting on the bench and that sort of thing like like Justice Kavanaugh. If that happens if you, if you threaten the narrative, if you threaten the left's power, they will come after you somehow. Maybe it'll be a legitimate reason if you give them one. If you don't give them something legitimate, they'll find something. They'll invent it if they have to. You know, I have no doubt whatsoever that that Blazy Ford character is absolutely lying. There are other women who have come forward who are lying. On the other hand, you have a situation like Gab, which I just posted about on my blog, and they're whining and crying about how PayPal and Stripe are coming after them because they violate PayPal and Stripe's terms of service. You know, it's exactly the same thing that they were whining about with Google and with Apple. They were are whining and crying about something that they're not only doing, but that they've bragged openly about doing. You know, I quit using Gab because... I didn't like being libeled. I didn't like the fact that they were, uh, you know, some very nasty individuals posting Photoshop images of my wife being gang raped. You know, pornographic images of this. You know, and so when I told them, you need to, you need to take this stuff down. You can't permit people to post this sort of thing. And their response was, you know, free speech, suck it up. Well, Stripe and PayPal are cutting you off. Suck it up. You know, the, the thing is there are rules. There are guidelines. And you challenge them at your peril. The fact that sometimes they're coming after you for stuff that is not just 
does not mean that everything they do is unjust. And so, you know, when you, when you are in a situation where you're being attacked in the culture war, you need to look at the nature of the attack and determine whether it's legitimate or not. I'll give you an example. There's a story about this on Bounding into Comics today. Um, a couple weeks ago, we this is right after the whole uh, Comicsgate imprint, um, you know, and uh, 2VS claiming the the trademark to Comicsgate and all that. So this is after this, but we got. Uh, an email, and we suddenly saw that uh, four of the digital titles, the four uh, Gun Ghoul Raising the Dead titles, had been blocked. It was very strange because you know we had we had just changed the logo. You know we we had that Comicsgate um, comics logo. And one of the things that came out of it was how it looked really good at a very small um, resolution. You know, like the Arkhaven one, you could identify it very easily. And the original Dark Legion logo uh, was actually kind of, even though it was cool, it was kind of a muddy mess. And so we changed it. You can see um, this is the 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 final version of it. We had a slightly simpler version of it initially. Um, but we took the opportunity to change the logo. And we changed what was a, it was a rectangular logo with black on red that really didn't stand out very well. And we um, switched it over to this new logo. The problem is that whenever you make a change on Amazon, the quality con or the content quality review has a chance to take a look at it. And what was what was bizarre was that suddenly all four of those all four of those titles, which we had just changed to the new logo, they all got blocked. And you know this was very confusing because we didn't change any of the content. The content was exactly the same as it had been. The only thing that changed was the one Dark Legion logo to the new Dark Legion logo. So we were completely mystified by this. And then, then we went and checked the emails. And sure enough, there's an email from Amazon saying uh, there's a copyright violation. And uh, the titles are blocked until you get this result. Okay. So you know, our first thought was, okay, um, who, you know, whose copyright did we violate? And you know, we went and checked our contract with the, the creator, Will Callaghan, um, and we, we confirmed with him that he had the rights from all the, the relevant artists and people involved. And then we realized that this was an SJW attack because there were two very important clues. Number one, the print version wasn't affected. 
I mean, the crazy thing about the print version is Amazon is so slow about updating its metadata that as recently as two days ago, and it may actually be still the case, the image of the cover on Amazon still has the Comics Gate Comics logo on it. Now, that's not what you get if you buy it from Amazon, if you buy it direct from us, it comes with a Dark Legion logo on it. But, you know, metadata is not, is not necessarily the real thing. But the point is, is that we knew it wasn't a copyright issue because there's no issue with the print edition. And then the other clue that there was something else going on was the fact that a book that had been unpublished five times previously got taken down again. The funny thing is we didn't even realize it had been taken down until we were going through the emails because it got taken down and restored before we even knew that it had been taken down. But what that told us is that the SJW who was responsible for it who was responsible for doing this back in 2017 had done it again and he almost certainly was the person who was responsible for blocking the Comicsgate titles. See, some SJW, that SJW at Amazon and dude, if you happen to be watching this, give it up. If you haven't lost your job yet, you're probably going to because you got to cut this you got to cut this shit out. I've talked to some of the managers at Amazon and they don't like having to clean up after your messes. Um, but the point is that uh, he had obviously been paying close enough attention that he thought that there was a copyright issue, not unlike many of 2VS's followers who were all like flipping out about copyright and trademark and all these other ridiculous things. And so um, they misled him into thinking there was a copyright issue. And so he went and blocked those four titles. So anyhow, um, the thing to keep in mind is these things happen. We didn't, you know, throw a hissy fit. You're reading about this on Bounding into Comics and on my blog weeks after the fact because we didn't go running around crying to everybody about it. We didn't go running out complaining about it. This isn't the first SJW attack we've endured. It's not even the 20th SJW attack we've endured. We know there will be future ones. And so what do you do? You anticipate there are going to be these problems and you make plans to work around it. You know, just like a river. A rock drops in the river, the water routes around it but it keeps flowing. However, you also need to be aware that these things are going to happen and anticipate these attacks. Um, is there a chance of saving a converged Star Wars or Marvel? No, none whatsoever. We have to build our new platforms. We have to build our new content. That's exactly what we're doing with Alt-Hero. We are building new content. Um, regarding Gab, Torba says they want to build out their own payment processor. He's the only one talking about it yet. Uh, that's not actually true. Um, and he's not repeating the statement often. Uh, there is no chance 
that Gab and Torba are going to be successful in building a payment processor. It's very difficult. Um, they do not have the technical competence uh, or the development mindset to do it. It's going to happen. People are going to build. Uh, people are going to build a uh, alternative payment processor. There are alternative payment processors in Europe, um, but Gab is not going to do. It. Um, you know, I can't speak for the veracity of some of the criticism that's been directed towards Gab regarding their numbers being faked and all this kind of thing. Who knows? Um, I don't pretend to know, but it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Gab turned out to be very much like Twitter and Facebook and be faking their numbers. Um, but there is a huge market demand for alternatives, which is why those alternatives are eventually going to come into play. And so, uh, I'm not terribly worried about it. Um, you know, we've already been affected by some of this. Uh, you know, Freestarter went down thanks to, you know, thanks in part to Stripe, but also thanks in part to the fact that Freestarter was not uh, fully compliant with what the rules were. And so, um, you know, again, you have to anticipate these things. You have to not give them an excuse to lower the boom on you. I'll give you an example. You know, we've already done this. Um, we knew about Amazon's Confederate flag policy. You know, we knew that um, they have an official policy banning uh, the Confederate flag. Now, this is not the Confederate flag. This is a superhero outfit. And so we figured it's going to be fine. But what we realized is with the way that our stuff was being targeted at Amazon, repeatedly targeted at Amazon, it wasn't that we were going to get uh, banned by Amazon per se. But there was going to be an SJW who was going to use this against us. You know, there would be an SJW at Amazon who would use this as an excuse to interfere with Alt Hero somehow. And the problem is, we didn't have the ability, we don't have the ability to simply not ship uh, print books to Amazon. If we could, what we would do is we would just do one version, uh, you know, one Kindle version, and uh, and then we would do a separate print version. That's not an option. Not not yet. And so, rather than go in there and stupidly challenge their policy, which admittedly, you know, is not applied very closely. There's, you know, they've banned a lot of stuff, but you know, there's still Dukes of Hazard stuff and whatnot. And so what we simply did is we made sure that we are compliant with the policy. 
This is Rebel's revised outfit. It is very clearly not a Confederate flag, and so there won't be any problem with it. Now, there will be people, I have no doubt there, there are people, who will uh, you know, claim that, oh, you're, you're cucking, you're not standing up for principles and free speech, and all this other stuff. Well, you know, you can't expect any student of William S. Lind and Martin Van Crevel to commit themselves to, uh, you know, blind, uh, all-out front char frontal charges against emplaced machine gun positions, <laughs> you know, just to prove a point. You have to learn what battles you can win, what battles you can't, and when it's time to fight, and when it's not. You know, there were people who were disappointed with me that uh, I didn't, I didn't take on, um, that I didn't directly take on uh, the Comicsgate guys, and you know, fight. For the, the Comicsgate trademark or, or imprint or, or whatever. It's not happening. The, the, the Comicsgate logo was of no interest to me whatsoever. You know, we were doing that because we anticipated working at some point in time. In fact, we still anticipate we are working with some comic skate creators, I thought they might like to be able to publish under a comic skate imprint. Yeah, I don't care. Instead, they'll publish under Dark Legion. Fine. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight with anybody over that. Now, you know, I'm perfectly aware. I, I live in Europe. The Confederate flag has nothing to do with slavery and race. It stands for rebellion. Uh, you, know, you, you see people flying it in the, the Ukraine, in the Crimea. In the Crimea. Um, but the thing that you have to do is um, understand that as long as you want to sell through Amazon, you have to abide by their principles. So be it. You know, and unfortunately, you know, there's an awful lot of people who, I mean, in fact, some of the people who will get on our case for changing Rebel's costume refuse to buy from our direct store and insist on buying from Amazon. You know, they are part of the very problem that they complain about. You know, if you want to support what we're doing and you want us to be free to do it how we want, buy from Arcaven Direct. Buy from Castellia House Direct. You know, the, the books, um, you know, we, we have uh, gone to a lot of trouble to make sure that our, our print bookstore is 
um, you know, functional, works well. People quite like it. Um, in fact, if you look right now, look tonight. Look on Arcave and Direct, and you will see hundreds of people have already bought Chuck Dixon's Avalon number two, Rule Breaker, from Dark Legion Direct. Go look at Amazon. It's not on Amazon yet. Amazon's slow. It takes, it takes Amazon anywhere from one to three weeks to get our new books up there. We get our Archaven comics, our Castellia House books, we get them up on our direct store usually within eight hours of the thing being submitted and approved. We've actually streamlined the process so much that we can submit a book for the first time, um, like now, in the European evening, submit it, uh, get it approved in the morning, in the European morning, and have it on the direct store by this time, the fall, you know, we're, we're getting it basically submitted, approved through the whole process and onto the store and available for sale within 20 hours. We actually did that starting last night. Now, I've seen people say, well, you know, how is it possible for, how is it possible for, um, you know, PayPal or, Stripe or anybody else to crack down on Gab when, you know, half the pornographic sites out there probably use them. Look, you're not going to win the, the consistency game. They're not answerable to you. You know, calling, pointing out that the left is hypocritical is not ever going to work because they are hypocritical and they know it and they don't care. That's why they talk about the who whom game. There are different, the left has different rules for the different people, you know, depending upon whether they approve of them or whether they don't. They don't approve of us. And so that means they're going to drop the hammer whenever they think a, they have an excuse, or B, they think they can get away with it. So the important thing is to make sure that you don't give them an easy way to do it, and that you always have a backup plan, or two, or three, and that you anticipate where those your weaknesses are, because that's where they're going to attack you. And so, <laughs> I thought you were supposed to break the rules of your leftist hosts, get selectively punished, and then point out the hypocrisy. Isn't this how we win? <laughs> um, which big tech company do you think is the least converged? That's a good question. I would say probably... Microsoft. You know, Microsoft 
is in many ways has in many ways become an Indian company, and so while they've got other issues, they're not really all that devoted to the whole you know diversity program. I mean, they're actually you know, they they of course uh, provide lip service to it while they simultaneously you know hire their cousins and and aunts, nephews, and whatever else, um, you know, so, I mean, they're just not likely to crack down very heavily in the same way that uh, some of the more SJW-driven companies are. Do you plan to stop selling on Amazon ever? Uh, I wouldn't say that we plan to stop selling there but we are already uh, significantly less dependent upon it than we were one year ago. You know, for example, if um, if we uh, had to, you know, we would be able to continue our operations without any connection to Amazon. Um, in fact, we're already looking very hard at the numbers uh, with with related. Uh, we're looking very hard at the numbers related to Kindle Unlimited because I'm not certain that it makes any sense for our books to be on Kindle Unlimited anymore. So, um, what do you think about Piero San Giorgio? <laughs> Um, I know him a lot better than you probably think. Um, what do you think about his argument the world is running out of cheap oil will lead to migration and civil wars? Um, I think that we're already at the point of migration and civil wars um, with or without cheap oil. Uh, Piero is a very smart guy. Um, if he says that we are running out of it, then there's a decent chance that he's right. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, I like Piero very much. Um, we will be, uh, we're working on translating and publishing one of his works. And so, um, you know, he's, he's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. And, um, and so, uh, I would take his arguments seriously at a bare minimum. Uh, we have the Dragon Award-nominated creator of Chicago Typewriter in the house. And uh, he says that he switched over all of his shop links to Castalia House Direct. I appreciate that, and I wish all of our authors would do that. And what's amazing to me is how many of our authors barely seem to even be aware that we have their books for sale on the direct store, and often at a better price. Uh, two questions saying, haven't we been on the verge of running out of oil since the 1970s? Well, yeah, obviously. And so that's why there's reason to be dubious about peak oil and so forth. But, you know, if you look at the amount of energy consumption in the West, and you then apply it 
to the entire global population. It's pretty clear that there has to be a lot more oil than we, um, you know, something has to give. Those growing third world populations are not going to be able to consume in the same way that the first world has been consuming for the past 50 years. You know, that, that, I mean, we're not really talking about peak oil per se. We're actually talking more about um, the growing demand and the ability to meet that demand. I mean, for example, even if the oil is there, the infrastructure isn't. So, um, you know, the, and, and, you know, there are other problems as well. I mean, um, you know, Pierre is focused on energy, uh, and that sort of thing. I'm actually, I mean, think about this. If, even if you argue that, you know, oil is a, a replenishing, um, substance and here's the problem the global population is transformed. And so is a global population with an average IQ that is one and a half standard deviations lower than the Western norm able to maintain the same sort of uh, infrastructure that is required to live and consume at the level that they want to. And there the answer is no. You know, even if the oil is there, the infrastructure isn't, and the ability to build and maintain the infrastructure isn't. And so it's entirely possible that, um, that Piero is correct for the wrong reason. There's multiple possibilities here. What do you think of his strategy of escaping to a rural area? I think that that's uh, the obvious thing to do. It's what I would do if I was living in a city. I don't live in a city. Um, <laughs> as, as should be obvious to, uh, to those who have heard the miracle of the chickens. Um, what comes first, Chinese genetic engineering or Western dysgenics? Well, you've already got the answer. Western dysgenics is here. The average IQ of the European nations in the United States has fallen somewhere between uh, 8 and 16 points. There's a reason why we're not going back to the moon anytime soon. You know, we are literally less intelligent than Americans were back in the 60s. You know, we live in a actively dysgenic society. Two-thirds of the most intelligent German women don't have children. You know, even if they didn't have any immigration issues, even if they didn't have any immigrants at all, their society would be dysgenic. Throw in a bunch of uh, relatively lower IQ, you know, Arabs, Turks, whatever, 
um, you know, you've got a dysgenic civilization at this point in time. What is going to be in extremely interesting is China moving into Africa. I suspect big things are going to happen in the next 20 to 30 years. Uh, it's going to be sooner than that and faster than that. Um, a lot of people don't realize that China officially had a colonization plan and was openly planning to settle 100 million colonists in Africa and the world international opinion criticized them for it and so they publicly announced that they had withdrawn the plan. Well, based on what on the stories that I'm seeing about major ports and major infrastructure being turned over to the Chinese because the African nations can't service the debt on them, uh, I think that the Chinese uh, never changed that plan. I think that they are actively implementing the colonization and settlement of Africa. And I don't think that it, they are planning to uh, I don't think that they are planning colonial rule, let's just put it that way. Uh, we actually published uh, a short story um, in There Will Be War, Volume 10, called Seven Kill Tiger. Um, if the topic is of any interest to you, you might want to have a look at that. Um, and so, you know, it, it's going to... <laughs> it's going to be uh, interesting, and I think it's going to be possibly one of the biggest tragedies in human history. Now, I think that I think that the tragedy was inevitable because you know the big contribution of the last fifty years uh, to Africa has been you know. Increasing basically, Europeans and Americans have been feeding Africans and uh, creating a lot more Africans than are even remotely sustainable by the Africans themselves. So, with or without the Chinese involvement, there's almost certainly going to be a human tragedy of uniquely epic proportions in Africa, whether it you know, whether the, the Chinese get involved or not and and decide to help that process along or not, I don't know. I suspect that they will. You know, when, you, when you're dealing with a nation that doesn't really seem to have minded killing 50 million of its own, I tend to doubt they're going to shed too many tears about um, you know, killing, an, killing an order of magnitude more people of another nation. So, um, someone says Beijing also has its sights on making Australia and New Zealand tribute states. Well, at this point, they might have, they might end up with Canada as well. You know, look at what's happening in Vancouver. Um, let's see. It's hard to want to have children with all this forecast of scarcity and war. Children are the only thing that you should be doing. I mean, it, it really 
it really amazes me and astonishes me how these people who you know run around and call themselves white nationalists or whatever and none of them have any kids i mean <laughs> what are you doing you know if you're concerned about about the the 14 words and all this other thing the one thing you should do is find a, a, a woman and have children with her. You know, maybe you should lower your standards and not insist on, you know, uh, marrying a, a Victoria's Secret model. Because you're not going to. You know? Um, I know a head of a university department who quit his job to join some large African agricultural program to encourage more growth. Yeah, that's, that's called, that's called making the problem worse. You know, right. I mean, right now that, that, uh, guy from Iowa of Scandinavian descent, I can't remember his name, but he's the architect of the so-called green revolution. And, you know, he's, he's praised and lauded and considered, you know, a great man for the, wonderful job that he did in helping feed, you know, so many more Africans. I have a feeling that before too much longer, they're going to curse his name. You know, <coughs> we're not dealing with a difficult concept here. Um, hard to have children when you're impoverished. No, it's not. People all over the world do it all the time. It's hard to have children when you're impoverished and maintain your standard of living. You're making a choice. You're choosing stuff over the future. Um, Norman Borlaug, that's right. I mean, Norman Borlaug is, is considered one of the secular saints of history. I doubt that status is going to remain very long. Vox, how have you stayed married so long without getting divorced? How do you juggle your projects with being a family man? Um, I can't really speak for anyone else. Um, I, I mean, I was fortunate. I met a woman that I genuinely love that I still love um, I have absolutely no desire whatsoever to ever you know be with anybody else um, you know I mean sure it's not always easy there's disagreements there's differences of opinion uh, sometimes you're mad at each other and that sort of thing but at the end of the day, you know, if you truly love someone, if you're truly committed to living with, you know, making a life with someone, then you just don't even consider it as an option. You know, but it does take two to tango. That being said, you got to take the risk. You know, what are you worried about? You're going to lose some of your stuff. So what? You know? I mean, if, 
if Space Bunny walked tomorrow and took 75% of my stuff, it was still worth it. You know? Um, you, you can't live life in fear. You, know, you can't live life in fear of things going wrong. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but you can't plan for it. Um, you know, and, and the other thing is, don't be afraid to have more kids than you're planning to. You know, um, you know, now that I now that I've reached fifty or so, you know, I I occasionally wish we'd had more. So, um, but you know, the, the thing is, is that. Um, don't think about the alternatives and the possibilities and how things could have been better and um, you know, dwelling on whatever it is you're missing out. You know, once you make your choice, ride or die. You know, and you know, especially if you're a man realize she's a woman she's gonna behave like a woman she's gonna do things that you think are completely insane but don't don't think there's any greener grass uh, you know anywhere else you know that's I mean to me that's the the biggest mistake that, that men make is that they uh, and, and, and women too to a certain extent but for men especially um, it's amazing to me how many men get married, have problems, get divorced, get married again, and then they're shocked when they run into the same sorts of problems. Maybe not exactly the same issues, but, you know, the same type of... And, you know, I'm always a little bit puzzled because it's like, you know you're marrying a woman, right? You know? You can't expect her to behave like your best friend. You know, she's not going to handle being angry at you the same way. She's not going to have the same priorities and issues that your best friend does. So, but you know, the, the key thing is just dive into it. You know, focus on the stuff about them that you like. Focus on the stuff about them that you appreciate. Don't focus on the stuff that is suboptimal. Everybody's got you know, suboptimal issues. Everybody's got problems. But everyone's got good points, too. Focus on those. Um, let's see. It's being forced to give away 85% of your paycheck that scares dudes more than losing stuff you already own. No, it's not. I mean, for crying out loud, if you lose the bet... Go make an interesting life somewhere else, you know? I mean, there's so many things that I would have liked to do, you know? Um, you know, join the French Foreign Legion. Go explore Tibet. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do. You know, the, the one thing you can't do is live the same life you had before 
as if nothing ever happened. Well, so what? You know, um, there, there are many, many ways that lives can change. You know, you can get hit by a car, you can fall in the shower, you can contract a, a chronic disease. Getting divorced is not the worst thing that can happen to a person in their life. So don't live in fear of it. Um, good women my age are very difficult to find. That's unlikely. Most likely, your standards are too high. Men have a tremendous problem overrating themselves and not considering perfectly good women that are right in front of them who will make excellent wives because they want they want a woman who looks like a you know, playboy centerfold but cooks well enough to be I mean look at yourself are you the male equivalent if you're not then stop aiming so high why are we so clueless about relationships because we have a uh, overwhelmingly unrealistic uh, attitude about them you know, we all have this Disney uh, instilled idea of the way that relationships should be rather than understanding that you're you're basically formulating a team to have kids and raise them that's the focus um, too many people want right-wing trad wives maybe I think the problem is more that too many people want you know smoking hot right-wing trade wives when you need only look at them to realize that they don't have a shot at that um, Do you know if Alpha Game is dead? Yeah, I publicly announced that. I, I haven't post. I don't plan to post there anymore. Uh, I find. I mean, I I explored the topic to the extent that I wish to, um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in the endless conversation about. But what am I? Aren't I really an alpha? I've never had a girlfriend, and and I I can't really talk to girls, but. Aren't I really a secret alpha because I want to be and, and I'm really cool? You know, that was um, not an interesting discourse. Joshua says, you're not a top 10% man. You will not get a top 10% woman. Exactly. So stop it. Learn to assess yourself correctly and pursue the right type of woman and you will almost certainly be successful Kate says women also overvalue themselves they too hope for a billionaire well yeah of course they do I mean women have a, a, a similar but slightly different problem they have uh, they think that just because somebody's willing to fuck them that they're willing to marry them and, or have a relationship with them or whatever you know, they, they need to realize that the kind of guy who is willing to settle down with them is probably two points lower than the most attractive guy 
who's willing to have sex with them. You know, uncomfortable perhaps, but deal with it. Um, why did we not get realistic expectations for our parents about dating and marriage? Because they were baby boomers. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, you know, I have a whole, I have a whole series of rants I could go on about baby boomers, but, um, and there's a, actually a serious one that I do need to address relating to our aging parents and, and how their unrealistic, uh, objectives and decisions are coming back to bite them in the ass already. Um, and, and affecting us as well. But that's a topic for another time. Um, <laughs> Evan says, surely you will recognize I'm a sigma and not a gamma if I pester you for 10 months. Exactly. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, please, please, please rant about baby boomers. Another time. We're already, we're already, uh, we already need to bring it to a close. So, um, but here's the thing. Carl says, my parents gave me no advice at all about dating and marriage ever. I'm sure they didn't, you know, mine gave me absolutely useless advice, you know, but you don't have to, you, you know, you don't have to rely on it. There's plenty of sources of information out there. You just need to, you know, swallow your pride and ask for it. I mean, for crying out loud, there's so much information on Alpha Game. I don't know why anyone even needs to ask me questions about that kind of stuff. I mean, it's pretty much all covered there. If it's not covered there, then go ahead and, and ask. But, um, Mark says, well, I'm going bald in my 20s. So what? So shave your head. You know? Own it. The, you know, okay, so you're bald, so you're probably not going to get a, a, a 9 or a 10. Fine. Then don't worry about it. You know, just, um, I mean, you know, I'm obviously not exactly... I don't exactly have a full head of hair, but you know, back when I did, I actually had my head shaved for two years clean. I like how it looked, you know? So I mean, my, my favorite was when a, uh, there was a, a I was out at uh, glam slam club that Prince owned. And, uh, this, <laughs> this guy came over and said, are you a skinhead? I said, uh, is that a trick question? <laughs> he said, no, I mean like, uh, politically, I'm like, uh, no, not particularly wise. <laughs> it was kind of funny because there's this very attractive, uh, half black girl who apparently wanted to talk to me, but she was afraid to because she thought I might like punch her or something. That's like, you know, you know, women are actually, I mean, women are actually less dissuaded by, um, you know, bald guys than, than guys think. I mean, yes, they do like the executive hair and all that sort of thing, but it's not quite as tragic and traumatic as, as the average young guy who's losing his hair thinks. So, um, anyhow, um, 
the main thing is that you know you've just you've just got to make the most of what you have do the best with what you have and don't worry that you can't do better you know i mean frankly i always thought it was unfair that i didn't end up six feet tall like all my brothers my dad's six feet tall. I always thought, you know, I thought I was going to be taller than him. Didn't happen. I honestly have never lost any sleep over it. It is what it is. You are what you are. Be the best you that you can be. But be realistic about your chances with the opposite sex. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, you know. You know, just sitting around moping that you know you're never going to to score a you know NFL cheerleader or a model. I mean, so what? Mathematically, practically nobody was ever going to do that anyhow. So stop get you know. I think frankly, I think TV has has harmed things a lot more than than just about anything else. But anyhow. Um, no, I'm not short. I'm just not six feet tall. I mean, that's why I think it's funny. You know, people would, um, you know, people were saying, "Oh, you're short. You're fat." I'm like, I'm exactly the same size as my favorite NFL cornerback. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not a, a a little guy. I'm not out of shape. So I have no idea where they were getting this idea from. But anyhow. Um, so anyhow, I need to get going, but have a, um, have a good evening and we'll look forward to seeing you at the next dark stream. Also, uh, for those of you who are into the comics, I should mention that, uh, Chuck Dixon's Avalon number two rule breaker is now out in print gold logo edition. You can find it on Arcaven Comics Direct. Have a good evening, and we'll see you the next time.